Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. I really had a good time on this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. I, I got to talk with Munir El Azuzi. Munir is with Easy Medical Device, and he is a prolific podcaster and blogger and provides a lot of great content. And he has a lot of expertise to offer uh, and share on EUMDR. And on this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast, Munir and I talk about some of the pros and cons or I guess some of the finer points of EUMDR and how this might have some impact on your existing quality management system. So enjoy this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. This is your host and founder at Greenlight Guru, John Spear. And joining me is is somebody that I've been a fan of now for a a bit, and it is uh, Manir El Azuzi and Manir is the uh, founder and CEO of Easy Medical Device and and also a very prolific podcaster, I guess is the right way to describe it. But Manir, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, John. Yes, uh, podcaster, YouTuber, blogger. So there, there is a lot of uh, qualification, if I can say. But yeah, the idea is mainly to to help medical device companies to uh, to be compliant, to place compliant devices on the market. And this is really the mission that I, I'm trying to to have and to also to um, to share on all my videos or all the podcasts that I'm doing here. Yeah, and Monir and is done. How many how many episodes have you done now? Yeah, I've done uh, for now. It was it is 111 episodes. Oh my goodness! Uh, I remember. I think last year you have reached the 100 yeah. mark. You at uh, at the Greenlight Guru, and I was we were talking about that, and you said to me, "Yeah, I wish you really the 100." And when I reached that, so I was really happy. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so for that. It's a big deal. Yeah. You put a lot of, I can tell you love it and, and you put a lot of work into it. It's, it's um, your work shows. And, you know, folks, go to easymedicaldevice.com. I mean, how easier can a domain name be to remember than Easy Medical Device? Um, Lanier provides a lot of great content. Uh, I, I've used a lot of the guides and the information that he has to help me better understand some of the topics. But today, uh, when I was talking with Munir the other day, he, he thought, you know, there might be an angle here. We could talk a little bit about EUMDR and QMS. So I thought we'd dive a little bit into that today. Munir, if you want to give people, uh, I guess, a starting point, maybe a good place to start is just remind everybody, hopefully, but, but for those that may not be familiar, what is a, a quality management system? Yeah, so first we have to understand that a quality management system is not just a bunch of documents because sometimes I have some, some customers that come to me and say, oh, uh, create me your quality, my, my quality management system and so send me all the documents and I will show that to the regulation, regulators, etc. But um, for, for me, uh, creating a quality management system is more kind of a, a mindset or um, as I call it, usually it's the law of the of your company, like you are creating some laws for a country, uh, so that they, they have to follow. So it's the same for a company. So how they can design a product, how they if they receive a complaint, how they will manage it, etc. So, so it's really creating the law uh, of of your company, and this is really what you have to have 
in mind uh, for, for when you create your, your quality management system because uh, it's a lot of work, a lot of documents. Uh, you have to maintain it. So it's not like you receive just a bunch of documents and then you are, you are done. No, it's like uh, something that you have to maintain and to execute and to improve. Uh, so yeah, this is really the system or the law that should, should be used for, for your company. Yeah, the word that some people may just like cringe at maybe is the law for your company, that that law where it scares people. But I think it's really important for people to understand. I mean, another word that sometimes is used is is governance. Regardless of what word you use, this is setting up the the infrastructure or the the framework within your company. Um, and, And I think a key thing there is, you know, Compliance is still an important aspect of being a medical device company. So these are the laws on how you're going to demonstrate and address that. Obviously, Munir, there's been, well, you know, in the U.S., we have the, the FDA QSR. There's a, a few different ISO standards along the way as well. I think probably the most common is probably 9001, which I don't even remember when that originated. But and obviously, in the med device, we have 1345. And you know, for all intents and purposes, these are similar and, you know, provide a good framework. But, you know, I guess, where are they the same? Where are they different? And and I know that's a big question. So pick and choose the, the big points that you think are relevant. Yeah. So at a certain point, for example, the, uh, the ISO 9001 is, is a, a general quality management system. So it's something that um, a company that is manufacturing some furnitures or uh, things that we are using, consumables that we are using, can use, if I can say, to, to set up a quality management system. So it's really general. It has no really specific topic on, on, on anything. So it can be used by even services companies. So for example, I have my consulting firm and actually we are trying to uh, set up an ISO 9001 uh, system because uh, we are not a medical device manufacturer. We are just a consulting firm. So uh, we are trying to, to, to go through, through that path in, instead of uh, the other. Um, when when you are a medical device manufacturer, so the best quality management system is the ISO 13485. Uh, and mainly, uh, this is, for example, um, so when, when you are, for example, manufacturing some medical devices, uh, you have to respect some laws, some regulations. And there is also some harmonized standard that you have to follow. And mainly for quality management system for medical devices, the harmonized standard is the ISO 13485. The QSR, so it's mainly the, the one for the US. But for me, a QSR and the last version of ISO 13485, so the 2016, are nearly similar. Well, I I even heard that the FDA is thinking now of um, replacing QSR by ISO 13485, but I don't know where they are on their on their journey for that. So um, th- this is, as you mentioned, some frameworks or some some way to do it. But I'm always saying, if you want to establish your own quality management system without following this, um, you can. You just have to prove that all what you are setting up is really compliant to the regulation and to all the requirements of the regulation, which can be really difficult with some auditors. So my best get advice is really to follow, for example, ISO 13485 if you are a medical device company and not try to reinvent something that is already existing. Yeah, I think that's good advice. And to your point, the the, the rumor, I guess, that you've heard about FDA moving to QSR, um, or from QSR to 1345, I, I've I've heard that same thing several times. In fact, I've, I've talked to some folks that are uh, relatively close to FDA and, and on this particular topic. And I think the latest that I heard 
was that we should expect some movement from FDA as soon as February 2021. Now, I don't, that seems, uh, that's like right now. So I, I don't know uh, if that's going to be the date that happens. But yeah, I do think we should start to, to see that transition. And I, I think you raise a really good point. I mean, when, when 2016 version of 1345 uh, came out, and, and, and always 1345 and, and QSR have been pretty close, but the 2016 version made some giant leaps forward to, towards harmonization. And at least from, from my context, my opinion, uh, you know, the FDA QSR hasn't been updated since it was really, since it was published back in like 1996, whereas the ISO framework is more dynamic. It is, you know, there is a group of people who work on this and revise it every so often. So I think this is one of those things that FDA has realized and FDA participates in that group as well. Yeah. And and and, and the thing here is what is important. So I participated to audits in Europe um, for FDA and for ISO, so for, for notified bodies and um, companies in Europe don't have two systems. They don't have one system for FDA and one system for uh, ISO 1345. They have one system for everything that is complying with both. Uh, so, so at the end, yeah, it's not like you are following two different rules. You have just to um, take the requirements for, for both and to create a procedure. Sometimes I have a procedure that says, if you are saying your products in Europe, here is the, 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 the process to follow. If you are saying the products to the US, here is the process to follow because there is some small differences. But in majority, for example, for a CAPA system, I don't have any specific requirements for uh, ISO 1345 and another one for QSR. So it's exactly the same thing. So yeah, there is a lot of similarities. There is a small differences, but really a lot yeah. of similarities. So at the end, yeah, let's let's have one system instead of... Moving. For sure. For sure. And folks, if, if you're um, a startup company that, that's building or establishing your first QMS, you know, this, this is what, what uh, we do for a living. Both Monir and I, we, we uh, have a lot of expertise in establishing quality management systems. So, you know, depending on where you are or who you prefer, or whatever the case may be, you can reach out to either of us and we can, we can certainly help you on that. You can find Monir at easymedicaldevice.com. You can find out more about uh, Greenlight Guru by going to www.greenlight.guru. All right, so Munir, for the past, uh, let's go with uh, five or so years, the medical device industry has been, uh, well, there's been a lot of changes. I mean, we've had, we talked about 1345. We've had ISO 14971 has been updated. There was the medical device single audit program for some parts of the world probably forgetting a few, but obviously EUMDR is now just, you know, it's just right around the corner. Um, this is yet another change that impacts a company's quality management system. You know, good news is 1345 and the QSR are, are pretty much in sync, but is EUMDR going to create some, some new um, challenges with respect to a quality system? Uh, yeah, and uh, it's, it's always kind of a, a, a surprise for some of my customers because uh, they come to me and they say, okay, I want to transition to EUMDR. And uh, they say, okay, can you provide me a technical file uh, for that? I mean, uh, update my technical file for that, etc. And I ask them, okay, and what about your quality management system? And they all say to me, oh, but we are ISO 13485, so it's fine. It's okay. There is no change to do on this and that. And I say, be careful. Uh, I mean, it's not like you are ISO 13.5 and everything is fine. It's, it's more like UMDR is, uh, is implementing new rules 
for some procedures that you have on your ISO 13485. And even it's creating new requests for new procedures that you don't have on I on ISO 13485. So at the end, you have to be to be careful to to not just focus on an update of your technical file. Uh, because yeah, this there is there is a need for update of your technical file for UMDR, but also to start. I mean, from its first starting with the quality management system, and then move to the technical file uh, to start with the quality management system to make an assessment of what are the differences between uh, what you have actually and what the UMDR is requiring. And um, for that, there is a specific chapter that you have to look at, which is the article 10.9, where it says specifically, here are the procedures that we want to see within your quality management system. And one thing that is, that is important here is that when you will read this article, uh, there will be a listing of uh, procedures or requirements like, uh, for example, the first one is we need to have a regulatory compliance procedure. Uh, mainly, this is not something that is existing within the ISO 13485, so you'll have to create that. Uh, so it's a procedure that is telling specifically all the requirements for UMDR, uh, the classification of your products, the Conformity assessment. I mean, a lot of things that are not that are not mentioned on the ISO 13485. So this is, for example, one of them. The second one is GSPR. So GSPR is the is the new version of the uh, essential requirements. So before we call that essential requirements, now we call that GSPR. It's also something new and that can be also included on the, on your regulatory compliance. There is also other procedures that are already existing within the quality management system, your quality management system, but you have to update them. So it's not like you have just to keep it as is. Uh, for example, the clinical evaluation. Uh, clinical evaluation, it's a procedure that is already existing. So it's something that you had done before. So it's not like new. But the EUMGR is providing new requirements following, for example, Article 61 or Annex 14. So then you'll have to make a gap assessment between those two elements. So your procedure, so you read your procedure and you read the articles and you check if this is aligned. If it's not, then you have to update your procedure. So you have, for example, clinical evaluation, you have the UDI procedure or identification and trustability procedure, if you some of them call, some of the manufacturers call it like that, uh, your post-marketing surveillance procedure, your vigilance procedure, your communication procedure, because now you have also to include the communication with your economic operator. So there is those procedures that are kind of uh, existing, but you have to update them. And there is also procedures that are mentioned that for me, may I suppose, if you are already compliant to ISO 13485, there is no need to change, which are, for example, the responsibility of management, the risk management, the product realization, the CAPA system, uh, which are procedures that are existing, but there is no new requirements specifically due to, to EUMDR. So, so you see here, just, just by making this kind of listing, you see that there is a bunch of work that the companies have to do to update their quality management. I mean, first to assess if there is any change to do and then to update their quality management system because a notified body will come and will check if you are complying to those requirements and if you are not then you will not be certified i mean you will not get iso 13485 first and then you'll not you'll not be certified so i advise you really to to make this this check and to really update the procedures so that you are really compliant to the umdr yeah absolutely um Munir, I want to take a quick break um remind people i'm talking with Munir el azuzi Munir, tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Easy Medical Device and where people can find out more. 
So yeah, uh, so at Easy Medical Device, so um, as, as we said, so at the beginning we started really to um, to to educate people, so more trainings uh, through uh, through some blog podcasts or, or uh, videos. Uh, we created also the Green Belt uh, certification training for UMDR. So mainly uh, every month we have a session of one week uh, where we invite uh, people to come and to be trained, uh, not on a theoretical basis, but really on a practical basis because we are providing some assignments where it's um, copying, if I can say, what, what we are um, executing for our customers in the real life. So they, they will see really how they have to execute some of the tasks. And then uh, they get some quizzes, they get some live sessions with, with me where, where we can do some question and answers. And uh, the, at the end, they have an exam to, to pass. And if they get it, so then uh, they, they'll get the certificate. Um, but part of that, we are also doing consulting. So we are helping all the medical device manufacturers that um, want to transition from MDD to MDR or also new medical device manufacturers that are really trying to uh, get their products on the market. Um, I just have to tell that it's really difficult actually with the notified body situation. Uh, first, because of the availability of the notified bodies. And second, also, it's something that we start to discover is because of the prices that the notified bodies are are, are, are charging, if I can say, to get certified, it starts to be higher than what we, we thought b- before. So it's something that is starting to stop some of the um, startups to, to continue business. Um, so this is what we are trying to do in terms of, of the project, but mainly anything related to quality and regulatory affairs for medical devices. We are trying really to help on that. Just the last thing that we are also doing, um, because of Brexit... So we have opened an office in the UK, so to be also the UK representative uh, for the people that are trying to uh, sell their products in the UK, uh, because mainly, um, because when you are going to the UK, you have now to have a representative on site, um, which will not should not be somebody that is located in Europe because of Brexit, so UK is not anymore in Europe. So then you have to have now two representatives, one in Europe and one in the UK. So then we are helping also for, for doing the, being the representative for, for those companies. So yeah, here it is. Well, it's awesome work. I mean, I've gone through some of your, your courses and, and consumed a lot of your content. And, you know, and certainly on, on uh, EUMDR topic, you provide a lot of clarity. And, and folks, the Easy Medical Device podcast, um, find it on, on the easymedicaldevice.com website, but there's also a YouTube channel. Um, Monier has done something that, you know, he's, he does videos with all his podcasts and it sort of inspired me to consider that with the Global Medical Device podcast. So stay tuned soon. Uh, we might be exploring that as well. But while we're talking about quality management system and, and have this brief break, I, I want to remind you too that Greenlight Guru, we're here to help Greenlight has the only medical device quality management system software platform in the industry. It's been designed specifically and exclusively for the medical device industry, aligning with 1345 and the QSR and the impending EUMDR and 14971 and all the things that are important to you from a compliance perspective. Uh, I would encourage you to, if you're in a place where you'd like to, to gain some more efficiency and learn more about ways we can help, go to www.greenlight.guru. Some exciting news that we've been working on is incorporating some machine learning and some AI elements into a quality management system platform. Uh, We have a a feature called Visualize, which allows you to see a picture of the relationship of all of your documents and records within your quality management system. And we are rolling out 
uh, a new f feature called Halo for Change Management. In fact, that was just announced the other day, but uh, that's going to revolutionize things. It's going to make uh, your change management practices so much better. It's going to feed you information about what should be incorporated in changes that you're making. That way you can make sure you've crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's. So again, go to www.greenlight.guru to learn more. All right, so Munir, let's get back to the, the topic. Uh, one of the things that can be a little bit confu confusing, I think, is this notify body and auditing organization and certification body. Uh, are, are these all the same thing or are these different entities? Can you maybe uh, provide a little bit of clarity about that? Yeah, so um, so mainly uh, mainly uh, a certification body uh, is a, is a company that is certifying you for a certain standards. So uh, as we talk about ISO thirteen four eight five, so a certification body that is uh, listed on on the on the website for 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 accreditation. So um, can um, can provide you an ISO thirteen four eight five. So I, at first I recommend you, for example, if you are having some suppliers or anybody working with you that. Uh, provides you with an ISO 13485 certificate to not just trust the document, uh, but to go on the website of uh, the accreditation bodies and to check if the accreditation, if the if this certification body is really accredited for giving that to you. Uh, sometime on their website, they have also a place where you can check the certificate. So it's something that um, I advise you to do because um, following my research, I, I, I find a lot of certificates that were not really um, true, uh, that uh, that uh, mislead, if I can say, some some of those manufacturers to say we are ISO 13485 when it's more like, yes, they are because they are maybe following the procedures, but they, they, they never got certified by an external company. They just um, have kind of a diploma to say, ah, I'm following ISO 13485, but I'm not really certified. And this is something that is sometimes misleading. So those certification bodies are um, are uh, accredited. So they, they are, have the authorization to provide you an ISO 13485 certificate. Um, but the, there is also something that is a, a bit uh, misleading for some companies is the fact that um, when they are trying, for example, to get a CE mark, they are saying to me, okay, uh, can I have a certification body that is providing me a, an ISO 13485 certificate? And then later I will get my notified body coming for the uh, for the UMDR, and and the thing is that is that uh, the the notified body um, is the one who has to look at your ISO thirteen four eight five quality management system and has to confirm that this is uh, a system that is following this regulation. So this is mainly what is written on the uh, UMDR. Uh, some of the people that are trying to read that also interpret that yeah, but it is maybe a typo to say uh, anybody that is accredited for that can can do it. But uh, after many discussion with other experts, they said, no, uh, it should be a notified body. So uh, the, the one that is really accredited for UMDR should be also the one that is providing you the ISO 13485 certificate. So don't pay something twice, if I can say, uh, meaning uh, having a certification body first that is coming to give you an ISO 13485 certificate and then going with a notified body that will charge you again for that because they have to check that your uh, procedure yeah. is following the ISO 13485. Yeah, choose wisely, I guess. Um, know, know where you want to go and what you want to get into. But you know, if you're going to get, um, if, if if you're going to have uh, your company go through the certification process uh, from from a quality system, I'm, I'm going to guess you're going to bring products to market too. So just you know, choose wisely. Um, Monir, I mean, 
anything else? I mean, I mean, hit on a, a moment ago. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about this. Um, some of the the changes or some things that you should explore from a quality system perspective because of EUMDR. I mean, uh, there's a lot more emphasis on on clinical, as you noted, and not just clinical, but I think the all the post market clinical activities that that are expected. Um, from my perspective, too, I, I think there's a lot more emphasis that's that's put on post-market surveillance. Um, another theme that I pick up when I read the EUMDR is um, a, a more emphasis on risk and risk management and risk-based approaches and things of that nature. Um, you, you know, you've been working through with a lot of companies through the transition toward EUMDR. What are some of the things that you've seen as as more challenging than others. Yeah, so so the, the EMDR is 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 a is a regulation that is, if I can say, raising the bar uh, in terms of requirements and things that you need. For example, um, before um, with the MDD, uh, we had, for example, some class one uh, devices company that were because it's self-certified that are just providing their products on the market. Uh, without having a quality management system or really a, a minimal quality management system. But on the MDD, it was not really clear at all that uh, they needed, if I can say something something like that. But now it's written black and white, if I can say on the EUMDR, that any company that is bringing a device on the market should have a quality management system. And it's why this Article 10 Point nine is 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 important because it's 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 showing to you what is the minimum requirement that you should have as a uh, as a company uh, to be qualified or to be compliant to EUMDR. So it means that uh, maybe your company uh, is trying to place some class one devices which are self certified on the market, but min- at a minimum you have to have the procedures that are listed on Article ten ten point nine, even if you are not. ISO 13485 certified. So you have to show those procedures. Um, what I'm always saying is that uh, when everything goes well, uh, nobody will really check what you are doing. But as soon as there is an issue on the market, as soon as there is a competitor that maybe wants to raise uh, some concerns, etc., then uh, the authorities can come and, and visit your, your, your site and ask for some details, for some information before maybe they can say, okay, you are not really compliant, so we'll uh, stop your, accredita- your certification, your registration of, your, of these products on, on the market. Uh, so it's why um, uh, here there is a minimum um, elements to have on your quality management system and class one devices, even if it's self-certified, even if it is low risk, have to have... Uh, some procedures so have some quality management system. So this is, I think, the first thing that is really important. Um, they also have to have a clinical evaluation, even if it is a low-risk product, because I have a lot of companies that come to me and say, oh, I don't need a clinical evaluation report because I'm class one, I'm low-risk. No, you have to have one, even, even for, for that. And I have made a specific uh, podcast episode on, on this type of uh, low-risk devices. Um, the post-marketing surveillance, I think this is something that is also surprising for some companies is the fact that um, before, uh, when we were doing a post-marketing surveillance, where if I can say, waiting for the information to come to us, like a complaint, uh, like uh, a literature, like uh, an expert um, suggestion or or comment or whatever. 
so many were waiting for that. Now the regulation is clear that you have to be proactive. So it means that you have to go to the market to initiate some studies like a PMCF or to initiate some survey uh, or you have to do something by yourself to plan something by yourself to go to the market and to gather those data by, I mean, you should do that. You should not wait that somebody's coming. So here are some examples of um, of uh, elements that were, if I can say, accepted within the MDD, but uh, are not anymore accepted within the MDR and you have to do something something with it. So this is just a, a small list, but yeah, there is there is more that, uh, that can come here. Yeah, and, and here's another question that I, I get a lot. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, the original date that EU MDR was supposed to go live was in May of 2020. And probably for obvious reasons with the pandemic, um, that was pushed out until May 2021. Uh, so the question that I get often is, uh, will, will it be delayed again? I have yeah. a, an opinion about it. What is your thought about that? Yeah, so it's funny. So just for the story, so uh, I, I've known my podcast since many years now, some two years now, and um, I have I have with me a, a famous lawyer in Europe, which is called Eric Volbrecht. So we always talk about the fact, no, the MDR will not be postponed. No, the MDR will not be postponed because it's too difficult by law and they have to vote and this and that. And when there was this pandemic, it was kind of, oh, it's postponed. It was easy, like uh, no, <laughs> I know, like, right? <laughs> really, it was. I was discussing with Eric Volbrecht and asked him, okay, now what should we say to people because we are saying that since one year that every, you know it will not be postponed. It's postponed, and but yeah, with with those circumstances, and we are really happy that it's postponed because mainly uh, it gives more time for some manufacturers and also some notified bodies to certify uh, some products. But the issue of the postponement is the fact that the pandemic is also uh, something that. Um, yeah, if I can say delayed certification because uh, notified bodies couldn't uh, travel to go to audit their uh, manufacturers because on the regulation it, or on the EU Commission says you cannot certify a company uh, with the UMDR certificate uh, without doing an on-site audit. So then all notified bodies were nearly blocked. Some could do, could continue to do the, the audits because they had an office maybe in the country where uh, the, the auditor is, uh, where the manufacturer is placed, and they had the, the auditor that is qualified for specifically this um, product. So then they had the chance to to continue on, on the on the process. But a lot of them were not able to do the on-site audit. So then they were blocked. The manufacturers couldn't move forward. They had to wait for this pandemic to be stopped so that they can move forward. Um, during that time, notified bodies raised uh, the, the question is to the EU Commission to say, "Please, can you can you can you um, can you authorize us to give the certification with uh, the remote audit?" Uh, and a long, during a long time, the EU Commission says no. We we don't allow that. They, they provide even a MDCG guidance to say no. It's not possible. You can do remote audit, but remote audit is not um, authorized for a new certification, etc. And suddenly, um, two weeks ago or last week, can't remember, um, the EU Commission says uh, yes, it's fine. Now you can do remote audit for a first certification in under certain conditions again that the products are really uh, critical that uh, there is really no possibility etc. Et uh, temporarily, so they say that temporarily they can do that. Uh, so uh, this means that normally from now the notified bodies can start to have some remote audits 
uh, with uh, their manufacturers, which means that normally, if this is done correctly, there is no possibility then for uh, postponing the uh, 2020, uh, the, the May 26, 2021 uh, date of application uh, launch because they authorize remote audits. Uh, and, and, and it's what they are saying. So we have a bet actually with, uh, <laughs> with Eric Goldbrecht uh, to say that for me, I say there is still a possibility. So maybe they will, it will be postponed. And uh, Eric says, no, it will not be postponed. So uh, I say, okay, so let's have a bet and we have a, a champagne bottle bet. So All right. <laughs> If he wins, then uh, I will have to pay uh, a champagne bottle. If uh, I win, so I get it. So uh, mainly we will see. But uh, to be honest, yeah, um, my really my conviction is that uh, there will be no uh, no no delay, no no postponement of of it. So yeah, and and regardless, I mean, I I, I don't think any if you're a medical device company betting on a delay, another delay in the EU MDR, then you're kind of looking at this from, from the wrong perspective. Uh, um, I mean, look at the MDR for what it is. It's a chance to, to level up, to raise the bar, I think was the words that Monir used earlier. Um, and that's really it. I mean, it's, it is, it, I think it creates a lot of um, uh, anxiety with folks at, at times because the previous version, the MDD, um, well, I mean that was authored back in the in the 90s. So, the, the, a lot has changed in the 20 plus years since the EU MDR um, came out and is going live. Uh, a lot has changed in my world in 20 years. I'm guessing the same is true for you, and certainly there has in the medical device world as well. So, you know, this is just an opportunity to to level up our companies, our practices, our our quality management systems. And one other thing that Manir will have to talk about this on a on a future episode, I think a lot of people are forgetting is the EU IVDR is going live uh, in a little over a year. So in May of 2022, and and uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that on a future episode. But anything else that you want to leave uh, the audience with today on EU MDR and a quality management system uh, as we wrap up this episode? Yeah, as you mentioned, so uh, just just uh, an ID uh, because it's it's a picture I'm showing to uh, to some of my students, uh, participants to my 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 training. So um, the MDD has sixty pages. The AIMDD, which is the Active Implantable Medical Device uh, Directive, has twenty pages. Uh, so it makes it makes it eighty pages in total. The EUMDR is one hundred and seventy five pages, so more than the double. So yeah. just by showing this picture, you can see that the requirements. Are, are huge. I mean, there is more requirements within the UMDR than within the MDD and the AIMDD combined. So it's more uh, the picture that I'm showing to people just to make them understand that it's not just a small change that, oh, because I have some companies that are coming to me and say, oh, uh, here, is, here is all the change that we have to do and here is the invoice that we will charge for that. And they are saying, starting to, if I can say, bug because they say, oh, it's that much? I say yes, because I don't think it's just one document or two documents to change. It's a huge number of documents. You have to redo some clinical evaluations. You have to review, as I've said, all your quality management systems. So there is a lot of things to do here. So it's not like just a, a small change. So if you are have still not started, I mean, on this project, uh, I really advise you to, to do that immediately or you can lose a big market. So the EU is really a big market and you can really lose that. Yeah, for sure. Monir, thank you so much for taking time to, to share some of your thoughts and, and insights on EUMDR and quality management system today. I pr appreciate you being a guest on the Global Medical Device Podcast. 
Thanks, John. Really appreciate it. Yeah, folks, again, go to easymedicaldevice.com. It's really that easy. Uh, check out all of the exciting content and, and videos and, and podcasts that Munir does. He, he gets some experts uh, from all over the globe talking about the things that are important to our industry. It is it is a, a really great podcast. I, I have to admit that, that I feel like there might be a little competition going, but it's a friendly competition. Both Monir and I are, have the same purpose with these podcasts, and that's trying to educate and inform you about topics that are important to our industry. So you should listen to his podcast, uh, and you should also listen to the Global Medical Device Podcast. But as always, we're here to help too at Greenlight Guru. Uh, again, I've, I've shared with you today uh, that the Greenlight Guru Medical Device Quality Management System software platform is designed for you, the medical device professional. So go check it out, www.greenlight.guru. And as always, thank you so much for being a loyal listener of the Global Medical Device Podcast. Uh, continue to share this with your friends and colleagues, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you again real soon.